and welcome to another Seismic Cinema and Cody podcast. I'm joined by Cody, and I, we would have been joined by Paul, but Paul has left the building. Yes. And Cody is going to replace him as my new co-host. I will do my best. Do I need to do a Scottish accent? No. Okay. I wasn't I wasn't even aware that I was doing a Scottish accent, so there's, there's that as well. All right. So I need Fair to do, point. I'm contractually obliged to do a cheesy intro. So put your feet up on that cute new droid, B2. It's actually B2 MO, B2. I don't know how you actually pronounce it. I don't know if yeah. you got that. Yeah, they never, they never fully said it. B2, grab some haggis because there's a lot of Scottish actors in this show and prepare to pretend you're not from FedEx for the next 30 minutes. No, no, no. He said he was from Ferrix. I don't know where he's from. He's from... I thought Ferrix was the... I thought... Don't tell me I've got this wrong already. I thought Ferrix was the planet that he is actually from. Oh, no. Uh... And or... Please tell me I've got this right. No, 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 no. You... Canary. Ah, uh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, right. Ferrix is the adopted one. Okay, well, just pretend I said the other place. I I wrote down a few of the key names and a few of the key places so I could refer to them while we're discussing it, but I've I've failed in the first attempt. So there you go. Right. I so I guess. Sorry, there you go. I was gonna say I didn't take notes, but I I don't I remember. So I don't. I may not remember the names, but I remember <laughs> people that did things. Yeah, people that did things. So in case you haven't already guessed, uh, this podcast we're going to look at the first three episodes of Andor, which dropped this week. So I'm Colin of Seismic Cinema, and I'm joined by Cody. And Cody, I know you've just done it in the other podcast we recorded, but if you want to just give a quick we promo of what your podcast about. Uh as Colin said, I'm Cody from Dungeons and Podcasts, and I play D&D with other podcasters. It's really cool. You can check it out. Where can they check out? Uh, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Good Pods. <laughs> it's always my role to do that for us, and I always forget. Like It's hard to remember all the different places that you, you put it on. I know for sure they're there. They it may be other places. I don't know. Cool. So we'll get right into it. And me and Paul have got this thing where we, whenever we try and talk about an episode or a film in a linear fashion, it's always rubbish. So I think it's better just to jump into random bits of the show and and talk about what we like, anything right. we disliked, and our thoughts so far. So. Overall impressions? I enjoyed it, and it was a good slow burn, so I really enjoyed that we got three episodes at once, and we kind of built up to something really big happening with the action, and like you, we still don't know exactly how big it is. Like, I mean, we know, but Cassian doesn't know exactly how big this is going to be, and so... 
Yeah, I think them releasing all three of it was really a smart move. Yeah, because I think originally, I can't remember originally if it was just going to be one episode or if it was going to be two. I can't remember what the original plan was. Right, I don't, me either, but doesn't this make it to be either like from the original release date, isn't this how many episodes we'd have out now? Or yeah, would it have been four? Uh, I think it was delayed by like a month. Which yeah. At the time, I was quite annoyed about but was it because of She-Hulk? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which Kenobi and Miss Marvel came out at the same mm-hmm. time, pretty much. I've still not seen Miss Marvel. I, I probably will go back. I probably will go and watch it one day. It's the only Disney Plus show I've missed, uh, Marvel-wise. So, yeah, I've, I've caught them all so far. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah, I'll go back and watch it. We're doing a lot with Obi Wan in terms of the podcast at the time, so that was taking up a lot of my time. So you're enjoying the show. I had a bit of a weird experience. I was really tired last night, so I watched the first episode, and then I fell asleep midway through the second episode because I'd put the heating on and I was getting a bit drowsy. It wasn't because I wasn't enjoying it, but you know, sometimes that just happens in the evening after work. Yep. Um, and I decided to I rewatched the second half of the second episode last night, and then I watched the third episode uh, before work today. And I would say the third episode was my favorite. Mm-hmm. But obviously, the first and second episodes put the building blocks in place for that to happen. Right. Right, and. So I still don't really understand what the box does, but it's clearly really important and it's supposed to be super impressive that he got it. No, I I caught that the second time I watched it. That's sometimes the benefit of rewatching it. I think it helps them like track or locate enemy ships within quite a big distance in space or something like that. So kind of like what the Corpo people were doing? Yeah. The so, pre-more? Yeah. <laughs> just, I, I don't think it's meant to be... I don't think what it is is important. It's just a vehicle to get Cassian to me to be. I would say. Yeah. Well, I really like um, the like interplay... And, like, I thought it was really cool how they kind of make it make sense in a Star Wars way. Why you have this, like, Latin American accent. Because mm-hmm. I, I'm i pretty sure that Diego Luna is the first person to have that accent in a Star Wars film with a speaking role. Yeah, you're probably right. And so I thought it was really cool that they make this planet Canari for him because it explains it in a way that works completely well for the story that they want to tell and for Star Wars fans in general. Because most of the time you're hearing like a very high British or a Cockney British or an American accent from characters in Star Wars, even the aliens. Talking about uh, accents, I don't know if it's because I'm Scottish. The Scottish accents really took me out the show a wee bit. 
just it was just like as, as Paul said just before we came on, it was like I don't know, I don't know specifically, I don't watch soaps, but he was saying like there was actors from soaps and I was like I don't know. You probably didn't feel it because you're not from Scotland, but I, I felt like the the character Tim. Uh-huh. Uh, I feel like his act I just I didn't really feel like it was Star Wars when when he when was Tim, talking. When Tim was, was on. It was just so it was just so Scottish. Well see, I guess that's a really good benefit to being an American mm. because like we associate in fantasy like English and Scottish and Irish accents, right? Like elves generally have like a British type accent. Mm. And then you've got dwarves who have like Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, uh so it being in Star Wars feels completely natural as like a fantasy type sound. So yeah. I guess that's like really cool and something that we don't consider at all. Yeah. I've never thought of it like that. But you pointed out, and I'm like, okay, well, yeah, that's definitely not my experience with it. It's it's just not something we see very often. Like if a Scottish person turned up in House of the Dragon, me and Paul would be a bit like, this. and it, it's happened. There there has yeah. been Scottish people, obviously Richard yeah. Madden's Scottish, for example. But uh, so that maybe wasn't the best example. But it does just kind of take you out a wee bit. What about Tim? What did you make of his character? What a piece of shit. What a jealous piece of shit. Like, oh, oh. Mm. What what a bad man. What a very, very bad the, man. The, the, the moment the moments uh, passed, but it was... Yeah, it was sneaky. He got his just desserts. But you can kind of understand why... He maybe shouldn't be, like, fallen or like that, but you can kind of understand someone like Diego Luna, Cassian hanging about and she was being quite shifty bix was her name she she was being mm, quite shifty bix. pretty much every time he spoke to her so he obviously did think something was going to be up yeah but like he came off as just like your jealous boyfriend type mm. so it's like okay uh you're you don't know what's going on but at the same time she doesn't feel comfortable sharing the rebel side that mm. she's engaging in right yeah so maybe he's already shown tendencies towards her to be just like i'm not gonna disturb the status quo you know yeah. so she, she obviously cared about him though because mm -hmm. yeah spoilers obviously spoilers for all these episodes but he, he gets shot down in episode three and she's pretty gutted I was I wasn't that fast. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I, you didn't really think he was going to be la lasting long. I don't really think we're going to see these characters again that we What's saw it? in the first three episodes. No, I, I think in like flashbacks. I don't think he's going to make it back. Do you not think? I thought no. He, I thought he would see because I didn't really know what like Bex and his kind of mother figure was it. I can't read Marva. Mar Marva and his pal. Brasso, he's called. His pal at the Bra yard. What was his name? Basil? Brasso. B R A S S O. 
Brassel. Okay. Brassel, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like all three of them were big enough characters that we would see them again. But I guess the maybe, maybe for the season one finale. Yeah, do you know know how Obi Wan came back to Tatooine for the finale of Obi Wan? I feel like he probably will come back at some point. The talking about a is it Mar Marva? Yeah. I was confused when they remember they did that flashback scene to when she found Cassian on mm-hmm. his home world and she had like brown hair and looked a lot younger. Yeah. And she looks really old in the the present day. And I was like was she like pretending to be as old as that? And she's actually younger, and it was a bit of a disguise to make her look feeble. But then I, qu- I quickly realized that they've been back in time. Fiona <laughs> Shaw does look quite old. Like I'm a massive Harry Potter fan, so I obviously know her as Aunt Petunia, who right, she was always a lot younger than Richard Griffiths that played Vernon. Mm-hmm. So she does look very old in this. Do you think she's aged up in the present day, or do you think she was aged down in the older day? The, the if I had to guess, I would say age down. I would say age down. She's aged. She's aged because she was in there. Did you? I don't know. You probably haven't. Killing Eve. Have you heard that show? No. It's like nope. a kind of. It's like a show about Russian assassins. It's on a BBC iPlayer, so it's probably more of a British show. Um. So yeah. Sorry. Right onto a tangent, but that's a good bit to mention. I really liked, something I really liked was the way they merged the flashbacks with the present day. Mm-hmm. I thought that was done really well in the third episode. Yeah. Yeah, they've, I feel like they've done a pretty good job of presenting the story that we we know where it ends, but mm-hmm. getting to see the journey is really cool. Yeah, I never understood when people said, "Oh, Cassian is boring." I always liked Cassian's character from Rogue One. Like, I thought, right. I thought he was, he had that side of him where he was doing bad things, like taking down informants, but didn't kill. Logan, he's a big fan of rousing. speeches oh no i'm disappeared oh i disappeared for a second there but i'm back okay you're back uh well yeah i i always thought cassian was cool too because we first meet him and then yeah he's like bang bang kills a guy and i was like okay so he doesn't he doesn't mess around he's he's right to the point but he's a good guy so i think that technically makes him like an anti-hero right Mm -hmm. so and again, in the first episode, what's he do? He accidentally kills a guard yeah. and then just in cold blood murders another one. Just like, uh, I'm enjoying the discussion, so hopefully it lets us get through. So maybe a good time to talk about Cassian's backstory, but I thought it was an interesting way they did it and that there wasn't, we, we couldn't, there was no subtitles. We couldn't understand what young Cassian and his sister and the family are 
are, are talking about, which made it quite hard to get at first. But I feel like episode three, you began to see what was going on a bit more, but there still is a bit of mystery. Right. Yeah, that was really, really cool. And again, you know, points out why he has that accent because he's essentially kidnapped and <laughs> taken from his family. But isn't it weird that it is all kids? Like, there's no one there that's older than, say, 16. One part of the episode, that there was a mining disaster on the his home world. So I reckon... Oh, yeah, there were adults, adults there. I reckon all the adults got killed. Yeah. Good point. Good point. And, I and forgot that, that there are adults in that person. While you can hear me, let's get through some of the, the best content and I'll make sure this doesn't happen again. Um, so we're talking about his home world. Yep. I and, forgot that there were adults on it. Yeah. And <laughs> But yeah, you're right. After that disaster. Well, were those supposed to be humans or aliens? Because they're all yellow skinned, right? Yeah, I saw I saw like a close up of them and it, it looked like they've been infected by something or maybe poisoned and it turned them that color. That was the impression I got. Okay. That's fair. I didn't quite understand what was going on there. Like were these people that were like doing some kind of experiment and it went wrong and they got poisoned or yeah, that bit wasn't very clear to me. I'll be honest. Yeah. Or were they like shot down and out of the sky? Like, or, or, or maybe we're just not meant to understand it yet, and it's one of those ones that will unravel as it goes. Probably. Like, I'm really excited that they got the director and the writer back from Rogue One. I think yeah. that's really cool. I don't think he's directing... I don't think the director for these episodes... I think it's a different director that's doing the next few. That's normal. If you go on... Wikipedia tells you like when each episode's out and it tells you who who writes it and who directs it. So you can always look ahead. Cause it was always a good clue when you're watching like The Mandalorian. If Dave Filoni was directing, you knew that was the Ahsoka episode. Right. You could always kind of read between the lines. <laughs> that's that's really funny. Uh I we haven't really talked about one of my favorite parts of the episode yet was the I've forgotten the name now, but they're basically like the local law enforcement. Yeah, the the Primor, the Primor yeah. guards. The I wrote down the name. Cyril is the main guy's name, the guy that's kind of taken over the short term like command. Uh, so the like the, the deputy inspector. Yeah. The young guy, I really like his character and his desire to prove that Cassian killed these people because that's obviously the major plot point across the three episodes I would say yeah I thought it was really funny that you have his boss saying no 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 we're not going to investigate this because clearly they were drinking which we're not supposed to let them do <laughs> at a gentlemen's area that they're not that we're not supposed to have you know <laughs> and he's like so no just say they did something leave it alone 
or else the empire is going to think we can't control our people is and he's making a good point yeah like even though it's very crappy to just be like if we bring unwarranted or unwanted not unwarranted yeah. but if we bring unwanted attention it won't be good uh but yeah he just completely says no and it introduces probably my favorite character i've I've ever had in Star Wars that wears an Imperial uniform. Who's like that? The, the one guy he calls in the middle of the night once they realize it's Cassie and Andor. And he's all like, oh, sir. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to have to go in there and like kill is everybody. It, I understand. Is it this guy? I think so. Mosk? Is that his name? I don't know. Mosk. Maybe. Is it the wee short guy that gives the wee speech? He's the large guy. He's like the leader of the like fighters he gets. Yeah, I really liked him as well. I liked. I think they were actually my favorite part of the whole three episodes. Was the yep, that's the him. Guys, Linus Mosk. That's him. Yep. So cool. Uh, yeah, like he looked like a character from Star Wars The Old Republic. <laughs> which is that MMORPG. Yes. Have you ever played that? I've not actually played it. I actually got it as a gift once. But the the PC I had at the time wasn't compatible. It, it turns out it's online play only. So basically back in the, the prehistoric times of the internet, I didn't have the capabilities to play it. So unfortunately, that's like a big... I've got a, obviously big Star Wars knowledge from the TV shows, books, and films, but that's actually an area that I've yet to really venture. Well, one of the body types you can choose in there is basically his body type. <laughs> and you can be like an Imperial officer. And so, like, it just reminded me of like people running around as officers with that body type and i was like yeah yeah exactly that that's literally a person in real life <laughs> this is where there's a kind of gray area because you've referred to them as like an imperial but they're not really imperial are they they're more just like yeah local law enforcement yeah they are and i guess they're just like an extension, though, because they still have like it's like just like like the in, the inspector, like what he was saying, like you know, I have to go give a speech to the Imperials about this, and so as long as I'm not shaking things up, it'll be fine. And uh, I think he froze again, but. So, so they're not technically Imperials, but they're answering to them. And I think this it's just another way... Oh, you're back. And I think it's just another way that they exert control, the Imperials, because they're like, oh, hey, you know, we're not going to put our own troops on these planets, but you guys are going to monitor them for us. I think the best system is we're just going to have to accept this will drop occasionally. <coughs> <coughs> So if you just continue your prior thought, I'll jump back in. <laughs> just being creative. Uh, so, yeah, what I think is 
do you not think because they're ignoring certain things, do you not think ultimately they'll be replaced when the Empire tighten their grip? These I think will get replaced. Well, I think it's very interesting because him, the deputy investigator or inspector, whatever, him taking it this route has lost the lives and probably reputation of the Primor Corporation, mm -hmm. right? But I also think if he rats, which he would, on his boss, that he would be re rewarded by the Empire. Mm -hmm. So I think they're kind of like showing him, you shouldn't have done this. Like, look at what you did. You got all these people killed, which is why you're mad in the first place. But now it's going to cost you your job unless you do this. I think it goes back to what we said in the House of the Dragon. Like, none of these people are great. Like, Cassian's a murderer. Uh huh. Probably and steals things and a bit sketchy, but he's also the, the main protagonist as well. And Bix is a fencer. She gets, she finds buyers for stolen goods. Yeah. And they basically pay off the people, the people that come in, like with the like salvage ships, and they, mm -hmm. they they get to keep all the goodies as well. So we spoke about the box earlier. So a uh, Skazgard's character, Luthen. Uh, I can never read my writing. Is it Luthen? Is that his name? That looks like what Let's that says. It's not going to be Luther. I think it's Luthen. Uh, I think Luthen, yeah, Luthen. So he arrives on a Yeah, he arrives, and I thought it was really funny, personally, because he asked his, his pilot, he asked the droid pilot, he asked the droid pilot, like, uh, <laughs> I thought it was funny when he arrived because he asked the droid pilot, you know, how close are we? And he's like, 2.3 clicks. And he's like, nowhere closer. And they're like, nowhere safe. And it's funny because I've had that conversation with players on the podcast where it's just like, uh, how far, why, why do we have to walk three miles to get there? And I'm like, because you couldn't park next to it. It wasn't like you couldn't do it. <laughs> so, haha. Uh -huh. That's canon now, guys. Yeah, you, you can't park close to where you're going. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a feature in Star Wars as well with the the Star Rogue One. Mm -hmm. So Luthen eventually meets him in like a kind of abandoned warehouse hangar sort of thing. They actually released that ten minute scene before the show, but I feel like. It was longer in the actual show. I feel like they still cut some of it out. And well, even though I'd already seen it, I absolutely loved that scene. I think his character is fantastic. Mm hmm. Like I liked it when, like the gun, Cassian has the gun directly on Luthen's forehead, and he's like, "Don't you really want to fight these bastards?" And it's like, "Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. That is so cool." 
It's like, yeah, yeah, he does. I love when he put the. Remember he put, he the, put the charges. Yeah, all the charges. Basically, always your exit beforehand, or something like that. Yeah, he said, like, always know your exit. Something, something what like was that. the second thing? What was the second thing he said to, to always do? I feel like he's going to give lots of... I think he's going to have lots of like classic lines and good bits of advice. Do you think he survives the first season? Um, The mentor figures in Star Wars never fear that well, so... <laughs> I'm exactly. Not, I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't, but it was. I really liked the way they showed a Aunt Petunia rescuing him when he was a wee boy, and it was cutting to him with uh, Luthen in the present, and it was showing how like this is his third life starting essentially. Yeah. So like when he was off with a. Uh, Fiona Shaw. I'm just going to keep saying that because I can't read my writing. Mar Marva. 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 I write, I write things down and then I can't read my own writing and then I struggle to do it. Um, so, yeah. Did you like that scene, how it showed his, like, when he was a kid, his new life beginning, and then it showed it again yeah, in that one as well? Yeah, it's like, like you said, I think it's pretty cool and well done with the flashbacks because it is meshing with the current story and that's really cool to see um but i think i really liked it when he decides to use the calm while they're in there with marva and they're like oh, okay we got him because they use that device to track where his comms coming from mm -hmm. which is something we've never seen in star wars that yeah, was yeah. really really cool and that reminds me of the droid B2 that we've not really spoke about. He's obviously mm -hmm. been claimed as like the kind of comic relief for the K2SO temporary substitute. At first, I was a bit like, I wasn't sure. I'm not 100% on B2 yet. I was like, is it kind of force humor or did you like the droid? I liked it. I like that it stuttered, I like that it had to recharge. I liked that it, uh, when you see it in the flashbacks, it doesn't have that stutter at all, and it looks very new. I thought that it was like, like when Cassian's like, can you can you tell a lie? I need you to tell a lie. He's like, yeah, I got a full charge. I can tell a lie. Uh -huh. And he's yeah. like, he's like, tell, tell no one that you've seen me, and you don't know where I went. And he's like, well, that's two lies. <laughs> he, did, uh, he did have some good lines. Because... Mm -hmm. I, it was kind of weird with this show. I don't know if it's because I was really tired last night, and obviously when you're tired, you don't take things in fully, but I feel like I like this show more now that I'm talking about it to someone than when I watched it. I don't know if that makes sense, but like, uh -huh. it is quite low-key, I suppose. It's different. Like Obi-Wan's, it's all about the fanfare, isn't it, with you and McGregor? Boba yeah. Fett was all about... Well, Boba Fett's return, Mandalorian. It was all a lot of it was about who we're going to see next. That's so cool. Look, I feel like this one doesn't have quite that star power, but the nature of it. See how he had, he had his pal Razo at the 
at the yard. He had, yeah, he had like that whole little network mm -hmm. of friends, right? And that was really cool because it's kind of showing you, and I know that we've seen it in bits and pieces in different pockets of the galaxy, but it's it's a really interesting thing because you can make each one of those pockets that you've seen even if you've already seen a couple hundred of them unique just like how while none of these people are necessarily ready to pick up arms and fight they are just saying like we're not going to listen mm -hmm. to your rules we're going to play by our own and so it's like it's our it, like they kept saying it's fomenting you know <laughs> yeah i like those wee moments uh, i really liked um Aunt petunia's wee speech when she was sitting in the house basically just winding up the the guards i thought that was really good and i, I like seeing how this everything is just impacted on on the little guy yeah i thought that was one of the the strongest aspects of it there was something else that came to mind. That's why I like the way we do these reviews. When you talk about something, you you automatically think of another point you wanted to mention, and it just kind of spirals from there. The the guy with the the hammer that was in the yeah. trailer. Oh, like when he goes like that, he like takes that like deep breath and like flexes. Is that just something the community does when this? They all just start making the noise to. Like intimidate and show support. Well, now I feel like that first guy was hitting it with a purpose. Like the guy hitting that big one with the hammers. Mm -hmm. I feel like he was like signaling, like it's either time to get go or time to get off of work. Something like that. And then the other ones, it was kind of like a warning. Like close, close everything up, get off the streets. I really do want to watch. I probably will watch all three of them again before next Wednesday, just to see if you missed anything. Yeah, because I feel like I've followed it pretty well. The bit, the the flashback bits are a bit harder to track in terms of what's actually going on in that planet. But I feel that may be more of just like a slow build mystery. <coughs> yeah, they're just kind of you know. They're, I don't want to say primitive, but in terms of even even our society, they would be considered primitive. Mm. Because, you know, they're just using, like, blow darts. So, so, like, it's it's crazy to think that uh, that he came from that at what what would you say he was like eight-ish when that happened mm, could be a wee bit older yeah maybe 10 yeah probably around about that it was cool because they showed you know that stick that uh and petunia had and then yeah. the and the flashback you see you see him using it so Right. Obviously, it also shows where that came from. There wasn't too much action overall, but the third episode obviously had the 
the kind of speeder chase and more kind of the 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 shooty shooty as my dad calls it <laughs> the shooty shooty yes my, my dad watches a lot of the star wars shows nowadays which is nice and he he always calls it shooty shooty bang bang <laughs> these kind of episodes um so yeah that was good there was a bit more action in the third episode Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, I don't think he meant to set that all that stuff down. Like, you know, I don't think he meant to cause the first one to fall when he set those charges off. And then that opened up into a big major action, action scene. Mm -hmm. But then also even in the flashback, you have uh, her getting shot like the de facto leader of the Canary kids getting mm -hmm. shot in the back. Yeah. And then like all the kids like blow darting them, which was pretty cool. They weren't very nice to him, were they? Like the other kids. They're a bit mean. Yeah, they were. She was the one that was nice to him besides like his sister. Because he doesn't go by Cass. He goes by like, is it Cassie or something? It was Cassa. Yeah, Cassa. He goes by some kind of nickname. So... Yeah, it'd have been interesting. I'll need to speak to Paul separately and see what his views are because Paul's really big on the action mm -hmm. in these shows. So I wonder, but he does like kind of political intrigue as well. So I think he would have enjoyed it. But I think he'll probably be hoping for more action, which I think will come because you don't bring Sogarera into it in the future and not have the action. I feel like, I feel like we're going to see Saw Guerrera with the uh with him without any gray hair in a flashback so i don't think we're done with the flashbacks at all yeah i think the flashbacks are done so much better than they were in the book of boba fett it actually became tiring about going for his bath and mm -hmm. then you would because remember like the second episode you basically went back to the past for like 30 or 40 minutes Right. <coughs> I would agree that the flashbacks mm. are just done really well. But, like, <coughs> it is interesting because you have no idea what they're saying. Yeah. Thanks for your, your patience and... It there's any connection it's weird and um, i think i'll probably do them in my own house so just to be safe in the future uh, but i've really enjoyed the conversation um, it's our second podcast together but i feel yeah. personally the discussion flows pretty well so it probably doesn't seem like that to the outsiders <laughs> Apart from the random pauses in the middle where my camera's cut out. Well, you know, I mean, technical difficulties happen. Yes. Yeah. No, but, and no, like generally they people. happen at the worst times. Yeah. But, oh well, we'll still get to to finish podcast at the end of the day. So I'd say it's a successful one. So, um. Yeah, so, well, hopefully, we always say this to our guests, uh, hopefully you'd be up for coming on again at some point in the future, or we could 
Jim Point yours or, or anything like that. Absolutely. So, was, Absolutely. Paul Paul does usually that that I'm sure I'm sure it's genuine. <laughs> it's a weird one. <laughs> it goes like so well for like ten minutes, and then it just starts doing that. Again. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think we'll finish off there while we're <coughs> going. Then, so we'll be back next week, and we're hoping to get a few different people on during the kind of Andor run and during the end of House of the Dragon. So you can check us out on a as Seismic Cinema on YouTube and Good Pods, Pods, Anchor. A, I think Colin wants me to say that I'm Cody from Dungeons and Podcasts, and you can catch me on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Good Pods. That's what I know for sure. We should. Uh... <laughs> Doesn't normally. <laughs> <laughs> 